And I believe we are no longer muted. No, we are no longer muted. We're live and stuff. That is a true story. I hear you. I hear you on uh, YouTube. So yeah, we are no longer muted. Now you're muted does, on YouTube. Does my voice sound better? Oh, <laughs> it's it's the dulcet tones of Happa Fodder. Somebody else said that in chat today, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not even sure if I take that as like. Oh, it's thing? good, man. Or... It's like the the dulcet. I think dulcet's calming. Calming, right? Doesn't that what that means? It didn't take us long to hit a hit a road bump. Uh, dulcet <laughs> definition. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, quick. Uh, for those of you watching at home, <laughs> yeah, is uh, dulcet means uh, pleasing to the ear, melodious, having a soothing, agreeable quality. And uh, apparently, sweet to the taste is the third. I didn't know that I, one. I, I, I'm <laughs> still not weird sure on the third definition. <laughs> yeah, still not sure how I feel about that. That's um, oh, yeah, wasn't well. didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Well, hello everybody. By the way, cheers to all of you out there in YouTube land. I'm seven. This guy's Happa. You wanna you wanna oh, introduce yourself away. properly? Talk about yourself at all? Yeah, I mean, sure. Everybody knows you already. You're the famous guy, so. Yeah, right. Like it's kind of well known. I have to hide. This is where I hide. <laughs> you um, wear your fake uh, Italian mustache and out in public. <laughs> I wonder if that would work. Little little twirly. You have to have a little twirl. Yeah. So uh, I'm seven. Uh, you know, we uh, we talked about things we might say, things we might not say. But I will give you kind of the overview that I give uh, generally if I'm streaming or doing other things. Um, I'm a, a tech executive uh, in the real world. I've played baseball in the past. I raced cars at one point very poorly. I was much better at building them than I was at driving them. Uh, play a lot of video, ga video games. Um, love to hang out uh, on Twitch and hang out with guys like this guy, this Happa Fodder guy. Um, into, obviously, uh, audio equipment. I've been a musician for many years. Hopefully soon we'll be again. The pandemic put a little bit of a stop to that. Um, do a lot of studio work, um, a lot of work on stage, uh, but haven't done much in the past, you know, two and a half, three years. So hopefully we'll be back on that soon. And this stuff will be more than a prop and a paperweight. So that's kind of me. Uh, happy with that paperweight, man. Yeah, it's a good paperweight. It does hold paper down. It does hold paper down. Um, mm -hmm. I'm Happa Fodder. Obviously, those of you that know us from streaming, you kind of know our names, but I, Happa is a screen name that I've been known by for, or a nickname, I should say, I've been known for for years uh, because when I was in Hawaii, I used to go to this particular diner on the North Shore um, all the time. And the old lady that ran the diner used to call me Happa Howley Boy because she knew I was half Japanese and I was a Howley because, you know, I'm a mainlander, as they say, on the islands. And it just kind of stuck. Um, almost 22 years in the Navy, uh, was blessed enough to... Put myself in a situation that when I retired, I didn't necessarily need to actually get an adult job like many of you have. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what that means, like an adult job, because even when I had an adult job, I don't feel like I had an adult job. <laughs> so I think I've that always requires been... you're an adult. Is that is that what that is? I yeah, definitely I think don't it fit does. the I don't fit the mold. Um, but yeah, I mean, really laid back, easy going. I try to keep things low key. Try to stay as positive as possible with, you know, all the craziness in the world, especially right now. I mean, I, I feel like every year we're saying that, especially right now, unfortunately. In these <laughs> unprecedented times. Right. And every year it's unprecedented times. Every day times. is like, unprecedented. 
But yeah, pretty simple. So, so we we have some bullet points that we are gonna. Well, you go know, before off we do of. that, before we do that, I think yeah. you did a cool thing there. Where you uh, and I didn't know where your name had come from, so that was new to me. So, mm-hmm. um, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I had no idea. Right, I had not heard that. So it's. Probably oh, I thought I told mentioned. you that before. Mm-mm. No, people ask me where mine comes from all the time, and you know, some of our friends um, make fun of me for my name, uh, which I think is really fantastic of them. It makes me feel very good about myself. And I don't. I, it makes me not cry myself to sleep every night. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it actually comes from the race car I used to race, and oh, wow. uh, the race car I used to race. Yeah, it was a 1993 Mazda RX-7, um, which is a rotary engine car, and the designation for that car is the FD3S. And so that's where the S3 comes from, right? It was the FD3S. And of course, how do you turn that into seven, right? Because it's an RX-7. So right. um, that is how wow. far back that name goes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that, you know? That's a very nerd way to come around your screen name, man. <laughs> it, it, well, you know, and you're talking about the car was a 93. So this had to be, what, 95, right? 94, 95. Um, so yeah, that name's been around a while. Uh, so yeah, I like that you did the introduction on your name. I had not heard that. It's kind of a cool, cool name source that you got there. Yeah. I've been, I've been known by Hapa. I mean, people used to call me that when I was in the Navy. So it was like, wasn't uncommon for me to be on a ship somewhere and someone would yell Hapa down a P way, right? A hallway in the ship. And they were, I would be like, what, you know, turn around. Like, so I actually didn't go by my first name for a long time as a result of (laughs) that. So uh, it just kind of stuck with the the gaming side of the house too, which I honestly, I mean, I think it was 16, 17 years I've had that nickname kind of. So it was pretty legit for me when when I was lucky enough to get into the game industry to just keep that going. So, but well, you know, it, that's to me that's really cool um, because most some people have these names that came from like a. Yeah. Cool place. And I feel like a, a little bit of a dork sometimes because mine came from a car, but um, we've all got those. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Like we all have those sources that the names came from um, and probably worth, you know, Hap, it's probably worth mentioning how you and I met. Um, so we are both North America community contributors for World of Warships. Uh, something we actually both care deeply about is that game and the community around that game. Uh, however, however, this area, this place, this thing that we're doing here. While it will include us, we may talk about that game and things adjacent to that game, and there will absolutely be people from that community who are involved in this. Yeah, um, that is not what this is about, right? And so you and I decided, you know, as a segue, we'll talk about why are we doing this, right? But we decided there's an area we would sit down and have conversations. And actually, you know, if I'm not mistaken, and, and let's run through this because we haven't, we don't vet. <laughs> We don't vet anything, right? But definitely not these conversations. <laughs> but the uh, there was a moment when, uh, you know, you, me, and actually several other people, and it was really kind of centered by Sony MG, right? And, and we were talking about Saturday yep. mornings, uh, yep. having a group of people that got together. And in that game, you can only have a division of three people. So only three people could actually play the game. But there were times when five or six of us were hanging out. And yeah. those conversations were some of the... While the game was fun, the conversations is what that time came became to be about. And, yeah. you know, we kind of started talking around that about what if we did that absent the game and would it work, you know? And so um, I'd love to hear your take. And, and now, you know, we can go back and forth on that about, you know, what's your purposes? Like, why are we doing this? What's 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 in your mind about it? I mean, a, a, a big part of it for me when I originally talked, talk, I love people. It's, it's actually a, let me rephrase it. It's a love hate relationship. I love hate people. Right. Uh, <laughs> cause, cause 
people are often surprised to find out I'm a very introverted person. Like I, I am not an extrovert by nature, but because of the job that I had when I was in the Navy, uh, being a chief and at, for quite a while I was an instructor. So I used to teach a lot of large classes, 75 plus people. Um, it, the military, you don't have a choice to do this or that, or you choose not to do this because you're not comfortable. Like that's not a thing. Right. So I was forced to find my way into, uh, being an extrovert. So I, you'll often hear me and I talk about it, you know, everywhere, but I'm, I'm an introverted extrovert. Like if I have a choice between going to, going out on a night out of town or sitting at a lounge with a bunch of friends drinking and chatting, I'll choose sitting at the lounge drinking and chatting because I can't stand large groups of people, anxiety kicks up, things like that. Um, But I love learning about new people, meeting new people. I love uh, one of the things with my travels around the world. It taught me to have uh, a appreciation for where people come from and where they think, how they think about things and their upbringing and so on and so forth. Um, and so as a result of that, I found that I love talking to people, um, which, you know, streaming online is like the perfect avenue because I don't necessarily have to be in a room with said people, um, but I could be online and chatting. And, you know, one of the things we talked about, and for those of you that follow us in World of Worships, you know, Lord Zath, you know, Sea Raptor, you know, Deacon, you know, Seven, obviously, um, Sown, we all kind of mesh personality wise. We have good back and forth when we, when we chat. Um, and that was one of the things I would, we had no way to figure out how to make it work. Cause like you said, the game only allows for three in a division, but we would have, you know, five, six of us in a voice channel call together and we're just BSing. Right, just nothing specifically laid out in 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 stone. We may have a topic that we just happened to be talking about at the time, and I I remember at the time I just mentioned like we should be doing this as like a call. Like why not? Why not? People like listening to us here as chat and stuff like that. So why not do it as a as a group? Um, and unfortunately, everyone's schedules kind of conflicted. So I I think you and I have been talking about doing this for. Since seven eight months <laughs> yeah, yeah. like since that time because we were like you know we were like you know that, that was a very unscripted time right 100 and, and some amazing conversations came out of it but it was very un- unpredictable you know yeah. and and what's magic about about those times is like when those is unscripted you know you get some really kind of authentic moments and there's sure. obviously if someone if someone's involved it's going to be hilarious and you know yeah. there's all, all these moments that are going to occur but we began to talk then right about how what if we did sit down and, and had some more scripted stuff? And so this is really the outcome of six months of you putting up my crazy schedule <laughs> to try and figure out. And it really had like anybody who's watching or, or listening, like the, the patience that this guy has shown to, to think, be able to get he, to this point. I think seven and I have literally dinged each other throughout the last six months with, what do you think about this week? Sure. I'm free. And then just didn't happen. And then the next week, <laughs> And it was like in that time I've been to like you know San Francisco twice. I've been traveling and stuff. Those were the only weeks I actually said no to, right? Everything yeah. else yeah, I yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And then didn't do it. Yeah. Um, you hit something kind of interesting, I thought, which was introversion, right? Is I wanna can we mind digging on that for a minute? Because I yeah, no, of course. I'm in the same boat, right? Um, and and there's you know, people there's a term out there that people use, um, which is ambervert, right? Which is mm-hmm. you're not an introvert, you're not extroverted. I'm an introvert as well. And so I spent a lot of time 
trying to figure out, you know, how do I not be less of that, but be more comfortable not always being that, I think is what right. I'm shooting for. Yeah. And uh, music became like a really good way for me to have to overcome some of that, just kind of my natural tendency to just right. honestly shell up in the house, right? Yeah. And, and watch Netflix and chill until I'm 96 and life is over, <laughs> right? So um, if that wasn't reasonable, what was, right? So I started playing yeah. in bands and, you know, you kind of force yourself out of that comfort zone. But at the end of the day, your real refresh is, is going to be hanging out right with a couple of people you may actually want to yep. hang out with and um, you feel safe, like having conversations and no judgment, all that stuff. And so I'll kind of, you know, I'll second that for, for why, you know, I think this is um, a cool thing I wanted to participate in. I wanted to see if we could do something scripted. I wanted to see if we could carry conversations as we know we can, we've had so many of them. Um, but I also, you know, wanted to see if there was a, a, a creative social outlet, right. That wasn't as demanding as loading up, yeah, you know, yeah. the amount of gear. This is about half of my gear. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm on a Jesus. stage, you know, <laughs> so like you, but somebody's got to load it up and move it. Right. So is there, yeah. I was like, you know, that seems like an awful lot of work to like, just have a conversation with somebody. So yeah. I'm kind of excited to, to see how this goes and, and see, you know, how it works out. And, and honestly, thank you for your patience getting us to this point. Um, and at the end of the day, it's really just an excuse for us to have a whiskey together. And I, to be honest with you, I mean, that was, that was the thing. It's weird because this, this format to me is amazing, but it's also a little bit of anxiety for me because I'm a very regimented, like I have to have, you know, but, but at the same time, when you even said it, like you and I've had countless conversations where it just flowed fine. And I wasn't worried about that. And that's the thing too, is I would love to see us eventually get to a point where we have, you know, the, the, five or six people together. We just got to get that, yeah. that format down, the regiment down figure out what works and what doesn't, et cetera, et cetera. So, but yeah, let's, I freaking, um, we got a little, Oh, I am too. We got a couple more minutes uh, for this kind yeah. of segment. Um, we got, why don't we talk about, you know, I get asked a lot about what's here. Um, you get asked a lot about, and I'm going to point the wrong direction, but uh, <laughs> no, that's where, the right direction. Is it? Okay. So yeah. you get asked a lot about what's behind you as well. Yeah. Why don't we give, and I, I do owe at least my Twitch community, I, I actually owe them a, a tour of this thing because I had to rebuild it from the ground up, as you know, recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I owe them a tour, but I wouldn't mind knowing like the stuff that's behind you, and I can run through some of this stuff as well so that people can know sure. at least what's sitting behind us. Sure. You want me to go first? or? Yeah. At first, I want to know about the helmet. So... I mean, that's just so with me in terms of streaming, I always I've always had with my streaming setup a whole lot of nerdum, just straight nerdness back here. A lot of gaming stuff like there's a figuring right here. That's the Witcher. That's actually a very heavy uh, figurine. That thing's I think 16 inches tall, but it's like a good. That's, that's Geralt from the from. The yeah, Witcher, like that's in... actually a Ronin Ronin Geralt. So it's kind of a, a, a melt mesh melt of of uh reality which i'm half japanese so like the ronin samurai thing really plays yeah. in with now, is me. that is um, that as, as a fan of the game or a, or a fan of the show or both both uh, to be honest with you okay. i love the games the games are what mm -hmm. let mm -hmm. me let me backtrack those games i enjoy watching people play more than i do enjoy playing <laughs> you know what i mean like gotcha. It, for me, you know, a lot of the a lot of the games and stuff I watch on Twitch are a lot of games that I don't even play. So, like, sure, I love watching sure. people play Elden Ring. I can't stand playing Elden Ring. So, case in point, 
you know. Dude, um, no, I, I, I got that game, and about 14 <laughs> minutes later, I got my money back for that game. I'm telling you. Yeah, I was I like, was the that, same way. that is, I've got hammers, you know, in my garage I can use to smack myself on the hand at any time. <laughs> I, all right, so you got your, you got your, your so statues got there. What else is? Uh, there's some there's some other ones in there too. There's some nerd stuff in there like the Mandalorian heavy Mandalorian right here with the Gatling gun behind him is a Ghost Recon Breakpoint character. I played Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, I love games that are co-op like I could run through missions and stuff with friends and Ghost Recon uh, has always been a favorite of mine but Ghost Recon Breakpoint was like huge open world that you could run with friends. So I, I loved, I played the crap out of that game. It got a bum rap because uh, it was a game that, to be honest with you, um, they, it just didn't have enough content in it to keep it moving. Mm. And and so a lot of people ditched on it. Uh, I played a lot of, of uh, uh, what the hell is it called? I was about to say Destiny, but that's not Destiny. That is, uh, it'll come to me. I can't remember now right now my brain. Yeah, don't remember. Uh, <laughs> there's a painting behind there that Stardew I Valley. bought from a, definitely Stardew so, Valley. something like that. Yeah, that sniper rifle is totally <laughs> from it. Um, <laughs> there's a painting behind it that I bought from a little vendor in Peru. Um, just this old lady that was just painting murals of the hillsides in Peru. Um, and that one you know, really stuck out to me, so I bought that. There's some nerd stuff down here, the little, um, the little models. World War tanks, World War warships. They're like, if you took a full-scale model of a warship and then squished it down to be comedic, you know, size and shape, uh, that's what they are. Um, and I got some, so you can't see it too well because of where it's at, but a friend of my my mom's painted a picture. Actually, I'll, I'll grab it because I'm really proud of this painting. Uh, this is a painting of, as you guys can see, all the reflections. It's a koi fish. That's really um, cool. One of my one of my mom's uh, friends painted it. And I thought it was really nice, and my mom bought it for a birthday gift, so I got that. <clears throat> Down there at the bottom is a painting of a surfer in Kona, Kona, Hawaii. So I bought that in Hawaii. That reminds me of my time in Hawaii. Anytime I'm there. Bunch of Star Wars nerd stuff down there. Division Two was the name of the game with that guy right there, by the way. Uh, Star Wars stuff. Did, did all it way just up. hit you? All of it? Was it just hit you? It no, actually, the the, the down there is a, a little character that has a two on it, and it reminded me of Division Two. Ah, uh, <laughs> right. And then all the World of Warship stuff all the way up. Um, but this right here actually was a pretty big deal to me. That's actually a, a storage device for a decanter and glasses that were laser etched, um, and. That is a reproduction of a five-inch artillery shell. Um, and the reason that was a big deal to me was because in the Navy, I worked with ordnance. I did a lot of ordnance safety and stuff like that. So that's kind of like a, a hark back to my, my time in the Navy. But the decanter, I have laser etched with a fire control, which is my rating name on the front of it and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So that's kind of like my, it was my retirement gift to me, essentially, <laughs> when I bought that. Over here, if the zombie apocalypse ever does happen, I have two sabers. Um, one, both of them are Navy enlisted sabers. They're actual legit swords. One of them, actually, the Chief's one, I actually cut my thumb on it when I first got it because it's legitimately sword. I don't think sword, how you use it. Like, sure. I, I don't think you're supposed to run your thumb across the blades. I, I feel like... I think, that was that a was... Movie. I think that's a movie edition. <laughs> I don't think that's a real. I don't think that's that a was a lesson thing. I should have learned earlier. I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, information uh, I could have used three hours prior. Yeah, yeah. To that. I, they should have a note that said, "Don't don't run finger across blade." But that 
OSHA should be contacted for that. Anyway. It's the dumbass uh, test. <laughs> and then down here, I got a bunch of, you know, my career stuff. So in this box, it says U.S. Navy. Uh, I just realized my video is backwards. I need to flip it. But anyway. Yeah, both of them are. It's a storage chest, and I've got a lot of my Navy stuff, my ribbons and name tags and stuff like that from my time in the Navy in there. Um, and then right here is a chest that a pretty good friend of mine when I was in the Navy made for me. It actually has the flag on top in a little compartment that was flown on board my ship, and that flag was flying the day that I walked off the ship for the last time. That is cool. Yeah. So that's going to be something that, you know, when I'm old and haggard, you know, up in the VFW with all the rest of the... Next week. Old, yeah, exactly. I mean, fr it's Friday. It's going to be later on tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, in there I have, like, an old... One of my last uniforms I wore, like, folded up and in there and, and stuff like that. And then up top, the ship... Whenever you leave a command, they always give you a parting gift, and my ship gave paddles away, like rowing paddles, not like um, adult toy paddles. <clears throat> um, well, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the two might be compatible. <laughs> um, but the handle's wrapped in, in, in paracord, and they do like a design with paracord all up and down the whole front, and then they put the ship's coin on there. And then um, when I retired... Uh, several of my kids found out the uh, backstory behind a lay that they always give you whenever you land in Hawaii. It's supposed to bring you good luck, bring you good fortune for the future. Um, so I had my kids bought some, of course, not actual flower ones, but, you know, pho flower ones. And then somebody bought the Nua seeds, which are these seeds to these trees that grow only in Hawaii. Um, and those ones are supposed to be for royalty and rich people. Um, same, same difference. But one of my kids that I, uh, I, she tells me I saved her career because she was a problem child when she was young and, um, she got in trouble and I was on her, um, disciplinary re review board. And whenever I used to do that, my goal was always to make the sailor cry. Cause if I made the sailor cry, <laughs> they understood what they did wrong. And I made her cry a lot. And uh, she mm. turned around and, and was better for it. So it worked. That's a good story. Yeah. That's a good story. And the flag? That flag is one of my viewers, actually, who is in New Zealand. That is the New... I hope I don't butcher this. It's the New Zealand ensign that flies on the civilian ships, like the, the maritime ships at sea. Because um, the military one is actually different than that one. But that is the civilian New Zealand ensign. So that flies in the back of like cargo ships and stuff like that when they're leaving New Zealand. So I told that's him I'd really fly cool. it. Got... He sent it to me. There it is. It looks good too. And you know, that's really cool. You got a lot of cool stuff back there. I'm not going to have it anywhere near uh, the coolness <laughs> factor of some of the stuff you have. So uh, my quick tour is, is going to be obviously keyboards. So, so this guy here, uh, that's a Yamaha Motif XS6. This is a Yamaha P60. Um, I do only play Yamaha instruments. There's reasons for that. Why is that? Uh, oh. This is a Hammond XK1. Yeah, so Yamaha, uh, the interesting thing about Yamaha, so if you're going to play a piano, right, um, I I learned to play on a piano. So that's, that's musically, that's okay. what I was, I learned on. So I play, I play keys, but I learned to play on a piano and I play guitar. <clears throat> um, I used to think, well, but I met guitar players and realized I was not a guitar player. <laughs> But so the Yamaha instruments, the interesting thing about Yamaha is they also make pianos. So they make pianos and keyboards, and they're the only company that does that, or at least right. were at the time. 
And so the weighting, the way the, the, the weight of the keys feels more resistant, kind of like a piano would feel. Oh. A lot of people don't like it, right? Because it takes a lot of work. You have to, like, it, it will wear you out on a four-hour set, right? Sure. A four-hour set, about three hours in, you're feeling it. But if you play with feel, you know, and you're not a speed player, which I, I really have never was a really, I didn't do a ton of fast stuff. Right. Um, or at least not fast compared to, you know, Dragon Force or whoever, you know, Dream Theater, those kind of guys. <laughs> um, I didn't do stuff that was fast, but I did stuff that was more feel-oriented. Gotcha. And the heavier keys give a really, really, really good set of feedback on that. Okay. Um, so this is this is actually, if I ever play anything on a, a stream or anything, the only keyboard you hear when I play um, a piano is actually this one. Um, so I use okay. this one as a MIDI controller. Uh, this one actually, fun story, no shit, all right? Fun story. Um, I was playing a, a show, and uh, Jojo Herman, who put, most people don't know him by name, but know the band Widespread Panic. He's one of the original members of Widespread Panic. He's the the keyboard player for widespread panic uh, was playing. They were playing a show um, some ways down and we were playing in the same town that night. And, and uh, because they were playing a show, we decided to cover one of their songs. And uh, so we're sitting there, we're covering the song and I look back and there at the bar, there's a dude in a ball cap holding up a wine glass. Now this is not the, not the kind of place where there's a lot of wine glasses being held. Right. So uh, the guy's holding up a wine glass. And I was like, Holy shit, that's Jojo Herman. Right. So I'm looking back and it's like, no way that's actually Jojo Herman. Now, most people are not going to recognize this guy on the street, right? But yeah. He's right. I'm, I'm, I'm actually playing a song he wrote. Right. And so I'm like looking back and he's on up. Come play. And he's like, nah, he did the whole no, you know, hand motion. I was like, like, seriously, come play. And so he makes his way through the crowd and uh, security, you know, goes to tackle him. Um, and I, so I jump off the stage and I'm like, no, it's cool. It's cool. Well, he just walks right past security. Like that's a pro move, right? Like, <laughs> You're like, stop. And he's like, I belong here. Like, there was no right. question in his mind. You know, most people do that. The huge security guys are like, Most people pause. Not him. He was just like, just walked right by him. Nice. So security had turned, and I was like holding them up. I was like, I told him it's all good. And so by the time I turned around to hop on the stage, he was about to start playing. Now, my guitar player was in the middle of a solo, did not see any of this occur. The guitar player was cueing me over and over again to bring him out of the solo. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, you know, it's like, dude, over and over and over, over and over again. He's like, I am out of stuff to do. And so he starts walking backwards, right? Cause he was in front of the keyboard uh, oh, yeah. area and he starts like moving backwards. And I can, I was like, Oh God, his name is chip. I was like, Oh, chip's about to punch somebody. And he thinks it's me back there. He thinks I'm screwing with him is what he thinks. Right? So he starts going back. Well, about the time he gets to the keyboards, he starts to turn around and Jojo Herman starts playing. Now, again, he wrote the song, right? right? So he didn't start playing it like most people would play it. He played it like, I wrote this damn thing. I'm on a stage with another band. I'm going to do whatever I want. And yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. Starts, he starts doing gymnastics on a keyboard. Oh, that's glorious. And my guitar player turns around and I swear to God. The look on his face would have been no different if that had been a velociraptor playing the keyboard. Because <laughs> he turns around, he's like, shit, that's Jojo Herman, right? So he like looks over the drummer, so now everybody's aware. Uh, Jojo reaches over, grabs me by the hand, helps me up on the stage. So we played that keyboard together. We sang into the same mic, finished the song, and oh, played man. at organ. So yeah, so that keyboard right there has been played actually by Jojo Herman. I did not get the autograph. I did get free tickets to the show. I did get to hang out backstage. There you go. Um, so that was pretty cool. 
worth it. So you got those are the, those are the instruments in here. Uh, this is a Hammond um, XK1. I do have an actual Hammond right organ, like the big oh, old church style organs, but I am not dragging it. This weighs four hundred pounds. Um, this is one of my favorite pieces. So this this flag right here is uh, I don't know if you can see it really well, but it's a a cosmic Charlie, which is a Grateful Dead. It's the Grateful yeah, Dead yeah, skull. Yeah. It's got the yin yang head. And this flag was given to me by a guy that uh, I played that played guitar in, in one of my bands. And I had this Hammond organ, right? And those Hammonds, the back is closed. Like if you ever see them like at a church and stuff, the back is closed. Right. But the cool thing about those instruments is they are a machine, right? They're not electronic. Like it is everything right. in there is a moving part. It makes its sound with a machine. And it looks really cool if you open it up. So like on stage, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to open that thing up. And so we had it opened up. We put some lights inside of it. And he gave me this one oh, day. Man. And I draped it over the organ. And so the back was just lit up through this organ. And so from then on, this thing went to every show. This was on every stage I played on. Um, so that one's like, that one is actually kind of a cool piece for me, right? Yeah. Uh, beyond that, I have, I have my, you know, rat gear audio stuff. I'm obviously into a lot of that. Uh, I've got a really cool fader port mixer. Also into fountain pens, so I have ink right here, ink wells, and I do always have a fountain pen on me. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> you can't see them all. There's at least, I don't know, 15 microphones. I was going to say, how many microphones do you have, do you think? Yeah, there's a, well, okay, there's enough to mic an entire seven-piece band. How about that? <laughs> including <laughs> including horns. <laughs> so that's drums and, and everything. There's a lot of microphones around here. Um, so I have to say, so yeah. anytime that there's audio questions, you're the guy. I always said, A, you're the voice, and B, you're the audio guy. If anybody ever has I don't questions. know about the voice, but the audio guy, I will give it the good old college try. How about that? <laughs> so, yeah, that, I, I, thank you for sharing it. I've wondered some about some of the stuff behind you um, yeah. for certain. I, uh, I mean, really there's, cool. there's a lot of little things that I don't – I mean, they're a little bit more personable. Like, you know, for me, I've got – so. Asians historically are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very uh, superstitious. So like case in point, in my front door, I've got a pair of, of dragons that are guarding the front door against evil spirits. And then there's like, you know, down here, you guys can't see it because it's, it's blacked out pretty much because of the lighting. But um, that is a, a mask. And that mask is supposed to also ward off evil spirits. You know, if you were a kid, you'd look at that, probably be scared of the mask because it it looks pretty scary, but I mean, it's a lot of well, little I mean, things. It's meant back to scare there. evil spirits. Exactly. Yeah. So little things. <laughs> yeah, anything like that. bad enough to scare evil spirits probably scare a four-year-old. I remember my dad had this this same kind of thing, but he got it from a Japanese monastery when when we were. I don't. I mean, I wasn't even born yet. So you're talking fifty years ago, and I remember growing up when I was young, I was. If the lights were off, it didn't matter how dark it was in the basement. I could see that mask like across the room. <laughs> it just I had to run from downstairs because you're always so scared of the thing. But my dad always has always had that mask up. Like I just as far back. Is it the I same remember, one? So. Uh, it's similar. Dead? Similar. His is different. Okay. His cool. was so actually it, I was like. Say is... No, go ahead. 
Yeah, I was say, is it like a design that is like the design that does that, or is it a general like as an art form, like a general design? That's it's it's an art form. It's it's a type gotcha. of yeah. It, it's all hand carved out of koa wood and stuff. And then he's got because when he was there, he got it from like I said, Japanese monastery. So they like blessed it and everything. And it's got like they always put little. I mean, I suppose the the similarity would be runes. They put little like marks on the side of it so you could see something in japanese i don't know off the top of my head but you know and then they mount it on a nice little frame thing so i got kind of the knockoff cheap version <laughs> the dollar, dollars yeah dollar it may it may not that's a good idea <laughs> it may ward them off it may not i don't know yes. uh, it wards off only the 50 50 so bad ones 60 percent of the time so it works every time hmm <laughs> Something else to mention, Hapifada, we both enjoy uh, whiskey in several forms, yeah. uh, bourbon as well. And so on these podcasts, we will be having probably uh, an imbibement of some sort. Um, we don't overdo it, um, but definitely something uh, we enjoy. And not too long from now, we're going to be having one together. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, sir. That's actually, uh, and he and I talked about this. Uh, we were talking about, because I obviously we need to get a thumbnail up for the channel itself and i was like we got to figure out what we're going to do and i was like you know what we're going to be meeting up at the uss kid next weekend so we can get somebody to snap a photo maybe of us raising a glass or something and we could do that as the thumbnail so that'll be good i'm looking forward to it. i'm i'm really really looking forward to that i i appreciate you put that together um that was you so i appreciate you putting that together i'm looking forward to being there um i'm looking forward to the the drive down so you know it's gonna, we're gonna down there have a good time hopefully benefit the kid a little bit uh yeah, maybe yeah. learn something definitely get to meet some new people so i'm i'm looking forward to introverting with you <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like one of those things that's gonna be forced but it's not at the same time <laughs> well if you prep for it for enough time you can get through yeah it seriously Oof. um so subjects right we we've done some introductions uh we yeah. we did have uh some things we wanted to kind of talk through we have no idea where this is gonna go uh, no we have idea. no idea how these conversations are going to go. Um, so if you get offended, screw you. Um, okay, so <laughs> first and foremost. It's a good way to talk to your community, talk. I'm just saying. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. This is a whole new seven here. I'm now completely toxic. He's no, now eight. No, I'm not. <laughs> this is six, going backwards. This is fair. Um, so we were going to talk about something that's been in the news a lot lately. And what was funny is when we put this together originally, right, the subject list, <laughs> so kind of pull back the curtain here we put this subject list together originally this item was on the sub the original subject list and we were like let's do some topical stuff that's timely yeah uh i really didn't think that a month and a half later that item because we missed right doing like yeah. we said some of these yeah. things i really didn't think this item would be on there but we wanted to talk about elon musk buying twitter not buying twitter all of that stuff so yeah. i mean i'll start like kind of with you like where <laughs> Where's your head at on this now? I I mean, well, first of all, it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that a single person, I mean, I get it. He's not like going down to your local bank and making a withdrawal or, and he's probably not just writing a check. Right. Um, but the fact that a, a single individual has made the conscious decision to essentially override a company's board and buy out the company. Um, that to me I mean, I mean, you've seen a lot of stuff in the media. People talk are fear mongering, essentially, is what it boils down to, right? But I, uh, I think it's a good thing. 
actually. I At least the way it looks now. Obviously, we're just seeing the surface. We don't know how in-depth it is. But I, I think it's a good thing that you have somebody at least that seems somewhat level-headed trying to get involved in that fashion. Um, are there risks involved? 100%. Like, it's kind of a scary idea that you could have somebody and i said that to you earlier having one person own a social media outlet but at the same time i mean that's essentially how facebook has been for since its inception right essentially i mean um, yeah facebook facebook's an interesting one it, it was built to creep on girls right so yeah um where it came from like that was the reason yeah Hopefully I'm not. I hopefully I'm not telling anyone something they don't know. <laughs> Surprise! Right, because right, because if someone didn't know that, and I I said that, it's going to sound edge lord style. You know, I'm not. That was but not it, what I it, meant. Like it was. It was kind of how it built was for that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was actually built for that purpose. So yeah. Like the core of where it came from was just a a really different space. And and you're right. Zuckerberg has legitimately not let go of seemingly you know he he's hired some really great executives who have been in uh yeah. you know and out and in and yeah. but he seemingly hasn't let go of a lot of control of it. you know the twitter is in the same jack dorsey still you know he's still involved right he's still around <laughs> but for whatever reason you know he's kind of dodged uh being seen as the overlord on twitter you right know, like zuckerberg has been on facebook and you got like the you know alexis alanian who or Alexis Ohanian, who did the uh, Reddit, right? Who started with Reddit, yeah. and you know, yeah. and you, those those guys seem to kind of be willing to be a little bit back, you know. Um, and so it's going to be interesting, I, and I'm I'm really interested in your viewpoints on that because Elon Musk stepping in on Twitter, it is a front and center guy, right? It's it's not the tech exec who's going to be like, I'm in the back getting work done. He is going to be front and center, and you know, is maybe it's so he can shut down well, the kid that's question. like tracking his flights or what. <laughs> Is he what he's doing now any different than what a media mogul might do, say, f 50 years ago, buying a newspaper? Realistically, because this is the this is the new media, right? Social media is the new new. I mean, it's not new, but it essentially has replaced the newspaper, it replaced periodicals, I guess is a better way of putting it. Cause let's be honest with you, magazines and newspapers are going the way of the dodo. Like they're just You, you think know. it's gonna replace the dirigibles though? I mean periodicals, <laughs> dirigibles, like what <laughs> I love that you said that. <laughs> Side story, sorry guys. Uh inside joke. <laughs> but I knew I would get it in there somewhere. <laughs> but I mean on, let's be honest. That's that's at least that's how I've looked at social media for the last, you know, 10 years. It's that is the new newspaper, the new magazine, the new whatever, because everybody's on their phone. If you're in a waiting room, people aren't looking at, at the, the magazine sitting on the table anymore. They're they're like this with their phone, you know, right? Like they're sure. they're legitimately just surfing away or, you know, so that's right. where all the ad revenue is. That's where all the the, you know, news, unfortunately, is sent out though not really news anymore um but the the flip side to it now is you had a media source that was capable of funneling your view to a direction um i think more so than a newspaper or a magazine maybe because it, i almost feel like people are blindly believing what they see on those social media outfits 
outlets more than back in the day with newspapers and what have you. And that, that might not be the case. I might be completely off, but it just seems that way to me at least. You know, it's it's interesting, um, and, and you and I talked about how much into our real life backgrounds and stuff we're going to go, and we will dip into it from time to time. But we uh, have kind of agreed we're not going to be too detailed about it. Sure. Um, but I spent a lot of time, you know, in my career, um, I spent a lot of time working in the ad industry, and it's it was a it's a really interesting thing to consider um, ads, right? So <clears throat> digital advertising is a fundamentally different animal than right. what we had available to us during television commercials or you know, newspapers or magazines or whatever, you're going to purchase an ad and, you know, the publication would do what they did with it. Um, digital advertising is a lot different. And I, I've been around long enough to say that it wasn't always, right? Because there was a time when you would fire up a site. And if you wanted to do advertising on that site, um, whether you were New York Times or whoever you might have been, if you wanted to place right. ads on that site, you wrote a system uh, in, in that site. You wrote the software where you would show the ad. Right. And then someone on your team at your company would go out and they would say, hey, I want to sell ads on my site. Right. So it was a whole that was a very newspaper esque right, model. Right. Gotcha. But at some point, And this was this was, say, early 2000s, mid, you know, maybe 2005 ish, whatever. Digital advertising turned into a few networks. Mm. And so you had uh, very few networks and they've since been consolidated even further. So you've got Google. Right, you've got definitely Facebook, and that's the, right. the space they play in. And we're going to cover some of this actually a little bit later. You know, so this is a bit of a, a foreshadowing, so I won't go too deep into it. But what's interesting, what's going to be really fascinating to me is, you know, you see like the, the Facebooks of the world they go before Congress, right? They they are talking about, hey, what's going on here? And Zuckerberg realistically, and I believe completely honestly, honestly and legitimately says, I don't know, right? Because there's an algorithm that makes these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it's I'm not in control of it. Right. There's yeah. there's a machine sitting in a basement somewhere that everyone's afraid to touch because that's how it all works. And it's making <laughs> the decisions. Right. And so like the timeline that Hapa sees is different than the one that seven sees. Right. right. So it's going to be interesting to me. Twitter um, is a player in that space. They are not the biggest player by any means in that space. And so sure. it'll be interesting, you know, if if Elon Musk is willing to spend. 45 billion what reported numbers are you know 43 45 the guy's yeah. worth 256 billion dollars like this yeah, is yeah. it is monopoly money to this human it's being, a saturday right? so, for him <laughs> yeah right like um if he does that i am really curious to see what he does there's a whole lot of talk about who he'll ban <laughs> right who he'll unban yeah like, th- that's kind of the to me that's there but i'm yeah. really curious to see what does this human being believe is his profit here Right. What is his? It's not altruistic. I, I refuse to believe that Elon Musk so? operates. I don't think you get two hundred fifty-six billion dollars being altruistic. Um, sure. And so I'm really curious to see what happens with that ad space. Right? Is there yeah. something he's got in mind, or maybe it is altruistic? Right? Maybe he is just like, I, I could buy Mars if we could get to it. Like I've got that yeah. much money. Right? Yeah. Maybe I just want to do this because I want to screw with the SEC, which he's been doing a lot. Right? Oh, like, totally. Like, yeah. Like he's completely breaking like fifty six laws in this process. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I am curious to see. You know, um, my my opinions on on Elon Musk notwithstanding, I'm curious to see about a human being saying, "I want to buy Twitter." Right? That's a we'll go back to it. It's unprecedented. You know, it, it is. Yeah, he wants yeah. to take a private. Right? It's a public company. He wants to take a yeah. private. Yeah. He wants to buy it. He wants to own it. He wants it to be his. That's going to be an interesting, interesting I'm, thing. And then even more interesting, I want to see if people stick around. That's that's where I was about to say I'm curious to see 
with the fr- let's just say the first or second large changes he makes if the uh membership drops i'm kind of curious to see that like you know he's talked about looking being willing to looking into to letting you know president trump back onto twitter okay that's fine i'm a firm believer that nobody should get banned from a well let me be clear if you have guidelines that are there and you break said rules then yes you should get warnings and so on and so forth before you get ousted um because you click that okay button you know it's just like you, you and i have talked about the eula and video games before there are rules there if you violate the rules okay you've already clicked okay when you installed you know the game or whatever the case may be um and i and i believe it should be the same way for social media but what worries me is that you <clears throat> if you have a privately owned company it, it it becomes privately owned that the person could ad hoc just no you're, you're i don't like you go away kind of thing and i don't necessarily sure. believe it because that whole freedom of speech thing it it's a freedom of speech it doesn't mean you're you're free to be a dick excuse my language but i mean that's yeah you're you not you're still... not free from consequences of, of exactly speech. exactly yeah, and, and, that, um, and i think that's the, the the mark that some people miss when they look at that freedom of speech thought process it's like well yeah you have the freedom it doesn't mean you need to exercise it you know <laughs> yeah yeah and i think there's a there's a really interesting aspect to social media right because social media uh, when it was first cranking up there was a whole lot of talk about how do we regulate it like that that did come up it wasn't like it wasn't like we just missed it this is a new and um right it's not it's not new and i don't think our generation is going to figure it out i'm hoping my kids generation you know right will, will be like here's how it should work but um social media is is policed heavily by the companies who provide the site and one of the reasons that happens is they get a pass on, yeah. con- on hosting content, right? Yeah. So like if somebody puts a, a pictures up there which are, are patently illegal, right? And there's there's co- there's entire categories of that. Sure. Social media companies get a pass on that. Like Facebook doesn't get dinged on that by by right. from a legal standpoint. Right. Only if they're policing. So they have to be able to prove that they're giving a best effort to police. And so what's interesting to me, and you're talking about privately held companies, right? What's going to be interesting is everyone draws that line of what should and should not be mm-hmm. policed in a different place. And, you know, when you're talking about shareholders, there's an accountability for executives there that you don't have in a privately held company. Sure. And vendettas may get carried out. Like, that, that could be a real thing. And I'm curious to see, like, what does it mean if a single individual is so powerful, you know, that they don't have to pay their taxes, first of all. And second of all, instead of paying their taxes, they buy Twitter. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I, I, I can't pay my taxes. Yeah, I don't yeah. got no cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I sorry you don't have any cash, man. That sounds really sad. Yeah. And they go away and it's like, I'm about to Twitter for 45 billion. You're going to, yeah, yeah. you did have cash. Do you have cash or do you not have cash? Like, let's decide. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see. I like your, your viewpoints on that. I think it's going to be, if he pushes through with it or was he just trolling them? <laughs> Because that could be. That would be pretty funny, actually. At the end, he was just like, "Just kidding!" Like uh, he's trying to back out now, you know. And the the board is like, "You you agreed to forego." I don't know if you've seen this, like the latest, right? But the board was like, he'd said, I, "I'm not interested because he thinks too many accounts are spam accounts," right? And so the board came back and was like, "You actually waived due diligence. Like you you actually signed away the right to walk away." Um, you know, you went on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you made the claim 
right? You bought Twitter using Twitter, it, you know? Wasn't it their claim 95% of all users on Twitter are actual individuals? Are legit? Not There's no bots. way. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that he's right, but I, I would agree that it's not. I'm sure it's like 80. I'm sure it's like 80%. I, dude, I know one. And I had, there have been times uh, when I was doing, you know, I was active in a music arena. There sure. are times when there were Twitter bots that stole my stuff and tried to pretend to be me. Right. Jesus. So I'm nobody. Right. Yeah, and if yeah, it's yeah. happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'd be surprised if half the accounts. <laughs> I wouldn't be a I, bit surprised. I will if, like, say I see it a lot on bots. Instagram. A lot on Instagram. Um, you mean bots? Yeah, there's people that I follow that it, it seems like every other week they're they're posting a screenshot. This is a bot account, please, you know, report it or whatever. It seems very, very, very frequent on Instagram. I don't personally notice it on Twitter. Maybe I'm just blind and I don't pay attention to that stuff as much. But um, I mean, I have had Amaranth follow me a couple times on Twitter. So you know, I thought I thought I was hitting the big league for a little while. Well, there, you know? I mean, maybe you're just. <laughs> Js, you know, like I'm just that saying. Surprise me. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> that surprise you can't, me. You can't go a day looking like this color. without knowing she like shit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you keep having to change your Twitter handle to get away. Always regularly, and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> look, look, just so, stop. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> just give it up. All right. It'll never work out. All right. As as uh, Happa Fodder's legal counsel, I would like to ask you to cease and desist. Exactly. Just give it up. All right. So uh, moving on to, to kind of next subject. Um, yeah. One of the things we were talking about, you mentioned Amaranth. So I think that's a, not a bad, not <laughs> actually not a bad segue um, <laughs> in some ways, in some ways. So, uh, one of the questions that you and I have been kind of tangling with, and we've been talking about this for a minute, is streaming. Yeah. Like as a as a form of entertainment, is it a a viable, sustainable form of entertainment, or is it something that people can make money on? Like, is it viable to make money on it? Right. Sure, we have doc disrespect. Right. Like, dude puts on a mullet. Yeah. Like, people give him fifty million dollars. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. that's not Which sustainable. By, right. Not to not to switch off too much. Have you seen that dude in real life? Like, as in person, have I met him? Like, without the getup on? You ever no, seen pictures no, or anything? Uh, I would never in a million years guess that this dude makes his living streaming video games. He looks like a very kind of guy. Like, Does he? Yes, very much. Except for his, mu his mustache is real, by the way. So that <laughs> that's the only legit part of his personality. So the porn, anyway. the porn stash is real. Yeah, yeah, the porn stash is 100% him. <laughs> well, I think, you know... He's a decent one to talk about, right? Because he's actually at the top of the game, right? Like he's yeah. the, you know, as as live streaming entertainment goes, he's kind of the top of the top of the pile. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's got a gimmick, sure, uh, but he consistently puts out a level of quality that yeah. his community is is into, right? And so, is it viable? Right. Sure. The guy's made more money than he will ever need. Is it sustainable? I don't know. Could he do it twice? Right. That's that's how I would define. Uh, kind of sustainability, right? Can you continue to do it? I don't know if the I don't know the answer to that. You I'm, mean as like a career? I'm curious your thoughts. Well, okay, so let's let's define viability and, and okay. sustainability, right? So, viability, right? Can it make you money? Can it make the company money? Both of those things are important, right? sure. Because you can't continue to have it without the platform. So, do both sure. both people make money in that situation? 
uh, to a degree, right? Viability meaning to a degree where they don't have to do something else. Right. Right now, sustainability. Can you do that for five years? Right. Can you continue that trend for a long period of time? I think if you were to start streaming today, <clears throat> well, no, let me, let me, let me back to us. <laughs> The, the way I look at streaming and streamers is this. This is a career move you're making, right? So case in point, how long have you have you been in the industry you have been in? Uh, how 28 many years? years. So 28 years you've been in the industry you're in right now. Um, you make the salary you do now as a result of that 28 years experience and blah, 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 blah. Right. So <clears throat> the problem I have is, so like case in point, Streaming is viable and sustainable for someone like me because I had a 21 plus year career prior. Mm. I have a retirement. I have an income, right? So my thing is, is if you're going to be a streamer, let's say you're starting today, you need to look at it as if you are starting a new career as the bottom employee and you've got to put the time in, you've got to work your way to... I mean, you may never make it to Amaranth or Dr. Disrespect or Ninja level because it, you may just get burnt out, which is a definite possibility with any career, right? The problem with it, streaming is, let's just take Twitch as a perfect example. You are not only fighting, and I hate using the word fighting, but it essentially, that's what it is. You're competing with every other streamer out there. You're competing with Twitch because Twitch is going to always make more money than you're going to make, right? They're, they're going to profit from you, period. It's it's like the adage, I always talk about goodwill, because the goodwill actually is an at-profit organization. They make money off right. of the stuff that you right. give them, right? <clears throat> and, and Twitch is the same way. So you essentially have to be like, well, I've been streaming for X amount of years before you're going to be able to be like, well, I'm making some pretty good money here, you know? And we both know streamers that have been streaming for, you know, quite a while and they can see those numbers and they already know um in my opinion if someone's like well i'm gonna quit working wherever and stream full time well in my opinion that's not necessarily viable from a get-go dr disrespect so it, i don't know if you know or not but he started working in game design level design for first person shooters that was his actual profession he worked for game studio studios um, and he had a job, job offer to a studio in Washington and I think a studio here in Texas somewhere. Um, and he met, I think at the time was his, his now manager. Um, and this is a very condensed version of his career, of course, but, um, he started streaming as like, kind of like a joke. He was like, same reason that you and I talk about streaming now, like we're playing games. We might as well be sharing it with people anyway, cause we're just playing games. Um, right. But his energy and his, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to even say toxic personality, but it, it, it's a very borderline, right? He's very borderline toxic at times. Right. Um, right. Is alluring to that community, and, and that's essentially what pulled in. And then you had games that landed perfectly in in line with when he was. So it was you know timing, 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 as they say. Right. Um, right. If I'm doing this today, what I'm doing right now, I do not believe that I could depend on 
the income to live off of. And that's just my personal opinion off of what I'm seeing now. Um, as an augment to other income coming in, 100%. Perfect. Yeah. And and I I think, unfortunately, because of the ninjas and Dr. Disrespects and Amaranths and, you know, all the successful streamers out there, uh, Alex Zedras and, you know, that had great timing and product placement at just the right, like things just lined up for them. I think people have like this unreal uh, opinion of the possibility. And, and sometimes it, you crash and burn, man. Cause if you're streaming five times a week for five hours, you're actually working more than 40 hours a week. Cause you're doing social media, you're doing your prep, you're doing all that stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it is a and, lot more work. You know, the music, music industry is the same way. And, and we used to, yeah. run, I used to run into that quite a bit. Where, you know, you, it was always interesting to me. We'd play clubs, right? Or we played bars or we'd play somewhere. And sure. the, the smaller the venue, I think it, it was kind of a, a, a truism, right? Um, but the smaller the venue, the more the people there assumed you were there to party, right? Oh, right. And, and, and as a band, you're not, right? If, right. if you're a good band, right? As a, as a musician, you're working. And are you potentially having a drink? Yeah, somebody else buys it for you, Right. You'd be surprised at how little musicians will drink. Sure. Good musicians will drink during a set because they're doing something that's really hard to do. Right. And um, and they would assume, you know, oh, you're there to party. You're not. You're working, right? So the amount yeah. of work you put in has the, the if you do a four hour show, you, you generally do two sets of two hours, right? Four hours, and there's two hours of loading in. There's two hours of loading out, right? Um, not to include driving. You're at eight hours now, right? You're already at an eight hour window that doesn't include any of the work it took to be prepared for the thing. So it strikes me like that. And it strikes me like baseball. I can't, yeah. I can't tell you how someone would say if someone's like, what are you going to do for a living? I'm going to play baseball. Oh, right. How do you respond to that? Right. Like <laughs> everyone's going to be like, you might want to have a backup plan. And I feel like streaming has the same sort of, yeah, sure. You might, you might be that one, right. You might yeah. be that person that's just so entertaining that people can't get enough of it. I mean, look at some of the streamers that, you know, we talk about who are really big streamers, right? That are these retained streamers is what I call them, right? The people that the, the, the platforms are willing to pay yeah. just flat out to make sure they don't yeah. go anywhere else. A lot of those people are boring, right? You go watch their streams. There's no reason to watch their stream. Yeah. And so there's, there's a whole <clears throat> lot of confirmation bias around people that watch. Now, some of these streamers are putting, I think Dr. Respect is, is not a bad example. Yeah. He works really, you can tell. Yeah. Like the amount of work that goes in, you may love it, you may hate it. There is no denying how much work goes into making that production. Um, and I'm curious some of to folks, see after he's done streaming, how he, I bet he's exhausted after a stream. Because he has, right. he keeps his energy like pegged through, through the entire yeah. stream. He works, man. He works. Yeah. And I watch yeah. it. And I'm like, I'm not necessarily a fan, but I'll watch. And I'm like, you got to respect that. That's a show, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then you watch some and it's. Yeah. Yeah. You're an idiot chat. It and blows like, my mind why? that some of those are successful too. Like that just blows yeah, my mind. Yeah. Why are 5,000 people watching yeah. this person? Yeah. Berate chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, why are you? And I'm sitting there. I'm in chat too. And right? you're watching I'm it. There. I'm watching. I'm like, why are all you other people watching this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. son of a bitch. You got me. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
But so you have, it, and that's what I think. I, I feel like streaming had a heyday where if you've been around long enough now and you put the time in, you're you're going to do well. I, I do feel like that's a thing. Um, but I also think you have to be willing to, so some of the, some of the content creators I watch, so like I watch Jack Frags on YouTube and, and he streams on, on, on YouTube and he's got, he puts up a lot of YouTube videos. He is not boring. Um, and I'll watch any of his content. He's got a lot of friends that are in, in the UK with him that he plays games with and stuff. They're just straight entertaining and there's no toxicity. He doesn't curse out other players. He doesn't curse on stream. That's one of the things that uh, I saw. He was reading comments in his his chat, uh, and someone had mentioned like, "How do you do that? You're playing Warzone, you know? Like it's one of the most toxic games verbally ever, and you don't curse." And he's like, he said he responded very clearly. He said. I recognized a long time ago that companies don't want to work with me if all I do is curse and scream and yell. So I've stopped. I just literally stopped. He's like, if you look at my content four or five years ago, I used to be that way. It doesn't get me, you know, where I'm at now. And I think that's one of the things where sometimes streamers um, corner themselves because they're like, this content works now. It'll work tomorrow. It'll work the day after. And you have to be willing to be agile almost in, in being able to shift. Like streaming the same game. I mean, hate to say it because you and I stream pretty much the only only one game. Um, <laughs> it, that 100% is not sustainable. It is not. You Absolutely. have to be Absolutely. willing to play other games. You have to in order to be successful. Because just like TV, just like movies, just like music, you know, tastes change. And you have to be willing to to ebb and flow with that, I think. so. I, I'm really wondering, you know, I mean, we talk about it a lot. And there's a lot of, it's interesting. I was, there's so much I want to say there. But there's. It's interesting because it's an entertainment medium, first and foremost, right? People yeah. will or will not watch because they are or are not entertained. You can yeah. argue with why they're entertained or how, right? But yeah. that is what they're doing. This is their casual hours. They're using the watch. Money. Some people, it's 24-7, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're talking about television, right? Go back to the nearest. I think the nearest term medium was television. You had radio. You had others. But yeah. television, you had your seven seasons, if you were lucky, and you were done, right? Yep. And a lot of those actors and actresses never went on to anything else. Yep. You know, they got chose to play a role. And, you know, outside of Band of Brothers, David Schwimmer never did anything else, right? So <laughs> that you remember. <laughs> right? And that's what they did. And yeah. I think streaming is interesting because I watch people. And I'm going to keep talking on Doc Disrespect, right? Because he's just a good example. Yeah. If people get tired of what he's doing, right? If it gets stale, if people don't want to see it anymore, what's the next move? Can you reinvent? This is going to be really, we don't know yet. Like we don't have streamers haven't had to do this yet. Well, I suppose for him, does he need to? Dude's a millionaire. Hands down. Yeah. Or does he stop? Fair, fair point. Jennifer Anson, <laughs> she's done plenty of stuff, right? Well, that's why, um, uh, what was the actor recently that told, I, I, he announced that he's retiring from, from acting and he's still pretty young. God, I can't remember. I was just like, wow, he's like, to me, he just seems like he's like, it sounds horrible, but he's at his half life of acting because actors go till they're, you know, almost 90. Something, I mean, you yeah. look at Morgan Freeman, right. he's still acting, right? Um, yeah, he's, he's but, only 36. Yeah, right. But I, I, I feel, I feel like, that's been the thing for me 
I suppose if you're one of those people that's always looking for the next hustle, I mean, I hate to say it that way, but like essentially that's what it is, right? So that's why like World of Warships was a great in for me because I started working in the games industry. I got connections, left streaming. Those connections help, has helped my streaming, right? But I'm still looking at, well, what's down the road, right? For right. me, at least. I'm looking at doing other things. Someone like a Dr. Disrespect or a Ninja or a Stott or a Jack, Jack Frags or Amaranth, like Amaranth bought a freaking, didn't she buy like a, a a town or something? Like, like, like she bought Houston or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it was Houston. Oh, very well. Maybe it was. Uh, <laughs> maybe it was. But I mean, it was I on the Nobody really wanted it. She was yeah, like, all right, the front was never moved quite right. There's <laughs> always so a bunch of junk trucks in the front. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like streamers like that also got to a size where they actually got business managers and they probably got smart, I would hope, yeah. and invested in, you know, because today, I, I, man, I don't know, man. I don't know how, how hard it's got to be to, you know, get to the point where you've got, I don't know. A thousand people watching you stream like that's you know the the beginning of this month i was lucky enough to be featured on the front page of, of twitch and i had fifteen thousand people watching me at one point like that was nerve-wracking for me on stream because i'm thinking god <laughs> don't say the wrong thing don't piss anybody off like you know so i couldn't imagine yeah. doing that on a day-to-day -day basis either because that's yeah i mean it, it's got to be the same if you're doing a gig right because you you could end up in a in a place where you got a thousand people watching, I'd imagine, and live is probably it, even worse. It, it is, it is, but you have a band, right? So the interesting thing about that is, is you have a prep, you have a, here's what we're gonna do, right? So you have a plan. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, and, and maybe we close on, on kind of this thought and we talk through this, but um, I met with someone yesterday, and I, I, I'm not gonna go into details of who he was, but the guy owns a management company, right? And the management company, uh, manages artists and it's it's, sure. it's musical artists. He's got a couple, but he manages artists and it's some it's people you would know. And um, so I was talking to this guy, and he was talking about a really interesting thing that you just hit on because you started talking about streamers having managers and and all this stuff. The deals you have to sign with talent management agencies does necessarily in traditional fields sign away ownership and rights to some of your creative property Ooh. right so right in in music right he, and he and i were talking about this and one of the acts that he's got is an enormous in-demand internationally act sure and the pandemic was really hard right so they are talking about as as a management company who wants to make money devoid of the art right the management company is not there to create art right they are there to make money right very right. specifically to make money yeah in that space they would look for any way they could to have the artist removed from the equation because the artist is hard to deal with. Right. right? The artist has schedules. The artist has an attitude. The artist can get sick. Yeah. They just want the art. And if they could find a way to sell the art to an audience devoid of the artist itself, oh, they would do it. That's scary. And, well, but that's the business side of it. And they're going to be pragmatic. Now they haven't, no one's figured out yet how to completely right. separate the artist. Right. Right. But I'm looking at streamers right? Who come in and like, we've got, I've got a management company, right? I'm curious to see, like, what did you sell? Right? What sure. does that management company actually own? So let's say one of these ninja, right? Decides I'm done. I don't want to reinvent myself. 
right? I don't, I, I've, I've made my money. Yeah. I'm good. You know, I'm going to go yeah. drive Ferraris around racetracks because I just, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Now, Does the brand I, live on without the I think he actually did that, though. I think Ninja actually did that, though, when he left Twitch and went to whatever, whatever Facebook tried to do. Wasn't it Facebook or was it? I don't uh, remember. Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft's didn't didn't he uh, did that? He signed that there was there was a name. I don't that one, remember. Right? He signed he signed a time gated yeah. streamer deal where it said he wasn't allowed to go anywhere. It wasn't allowed to stream anywhere except for on their platform. And you know, as many of us saw, we saw I saw the ahead of time. It was like there's no way you're out doing Twitch. It's just it's impossible. Right. You know, it's like recreating with like back in the day, laser discs and DVDs, like trying to figure out which one was going to win, you know, it, it, I, I, and so for me, it's like, I think that's why Twitch is able to be like, even if you stream 10 hours a day, seven days a week, we're going to get 70% of your income. And it's like, yeah. well, you can't argue it. You, you have nowhere else to go. Right. Like yeah, if there was one music venue or two, yeah, say I mean, te Martin. technically YouTube you, and Facebook, so there's technically three. Right. right, but let's say there's Madison Square Garden, right? You can go play at MSG, right? We can sure. play at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Or Timmy's Bar, which is down on the corner. <laughs> That's right? like the perfect analogy. <laughs> yeah. And look, I mean, functionally, they're the same. There will be a 15-foot by 15-foot stage at Timmy's right. Bar. <laughs> Right? There will be speakers that make some amount of sound. Jesus. There will be some drunk people yelling at you, right? That that is going to happen. So what's the difference between that and Madison Square Garden, right? Like you can get real in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Twitch is so far beyond YouTube and especially Facebook, right? Facebook's <laughs> a long way to go. They're trying, um, man. They're they're trying, but the, <laughs> you know you know what I hate about Facebook. I'm just gonna be honest. You know why I would not stream on Facebook. Because I don't need to see Granny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom, how are you I doing? <laughs> I, I really don't. I really don't need to see Meemaw, you know? Meemaw, like, Meemaw the 7. The chat. Right. That's my boy. I don't need to see that. And that's what... Trying to, explain, <laughs> trying to explain to my parents that I stream on Twitch like four times a week alone is... They're oh, just like, man. they just My do the, dad. yeah, okay. They just nod their head. You got a Twitch? Yeah, yeah. What is what? that? What does that mean? <laughs> it's streaming. What? Sounds like you need a doctor, man. <laughs> like, why is he so angry? I don't understand. I didn't raise you this streaming. way. <laughs> this is not how you were raised, young Hapa. Do you need lasagna, right, honey? Right. The lasagna's on the counter. <laughs> Yeah, man, I want the GDP. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so kind of, kind of the last thing we wanted to cover today, which is not a bad segue, talking about Twitch and, and these giants, right? <laughs> How they make their money. And I don't know. Speaking if you of giants, Rita's in there. Uh, <laughs> pardon? The the giant streamers. Rita's in chat. Ah. Speaking of giant streamers. Yes, yes. Um, so I don't know if you want to show, right, the, the the diagrams that I sent you or we want to talk through them or what, but we stumbled across something that was really interesting. 
and it, it, we've hit on it a couple of times, kind of unintentionally. We did not intend to, yeah. you know, have foreshadowing here. It's just kind of a part of the general conversation. But how do tech companies, these huge tech companies, actually make their money? Right? Where do they get their money? Yeah. And how do they come by it? So I don't know. Do you want to talk through it? Do you want to show it? What do you want to do? I need to figure out how. Ooh. Um. So. Should I play some some music. That's what I, I found the button. I found it. I found it. Nobody, nobody worries. Oh, there's just the button. All you ever needed was the button. That's all I ever needed. Why did it go there though? I don't understand. Uh... You're gonna have to create a new scene, aren't you? No, no. I just need to do the um. What do you call it? Capture. The um. <laughs> Rita says I stand tall at five foot three. Is Rita really five foot three? She's tiny, man. I swear I'm a professional chat. I swear. When did you, when did you get your partnership again? <laughs> the, the, the big thing for me was making sure I chop a lot of the... Um, Oh, the browser. That's yeah. why I did it. The I I didn't do it to be honest with you. Uh, but we're gonna do it. Hopefully, it's. Why does it seem like your camera? Oh, the alignment wasn't there. Okay, so I'm gonna enlarge this more so it's easier to see, and we'll do like mirror, and then I'll zoom in. Watch this chat. It's gonna be awesome. Okay, then we go back to that. Now watch the magic. And now I'm just realizing I'm going to be on a 15 second delay. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's almost like I know what I'm doing. Ooh, pro pro move. So yeah, so this is to... an article by Visual Capitalist, by the way. If you didn't know. Yeah, and it, I mean, how do tech giants make their billions? This is a really interesting con to me. Yeah. Right, this is a really interesting look at where do people get their money, and I have a lot of opinions about this stuff. I mean, um, it's it's interesting when you think about it in terms of the scale. I think that's, I mean, when you look at the numbers in the article right now, the scale of it alone is a little boggling. Um, I can't yeah, even imagine really, these numbers. What is it? Since in 2021, the big five tech companies generated more than $1.4 trillion in revenue. That's right? that's more than Mexico's entire GDP. That's these insane. companies. This is five companies. I can zoom out a little bit so you can see a little bit better. The whole thing. Hopefully that's clear. There you go. Yeah, so Amazon, right? Amazon's an interesting one to me. Um, I'm gonna make that a little bit bigger so I can see it. So their total. I kind of wish they broke this down a little bit in terms of, in that company, like how they made what they did. What do you think about? I mean, does any more. of this? So I know a bit about this, right? Like this is a world that I've lived in for a long time. I know a little bit about this. Does you know, any this of this surprise you? you? Um, well, but I'm, I'm just when you're looking at it, right? To me, some of this is just I know, right? Because I have the to third know. third party but, seller services. Kind of I that kind of throws me off actually. Yeah, the twenty-two percent coming from third-party yeah, seller services. I yeah, would not anticipate that that much. I mean, you're talking 
you know, a fifth almost of your overall being third-party selling. That's kind of mm-hmm. interesting to me. I wonder how much of that is actual, because it says commission, shipping fees, and other services. So I'm I'm guessing a large portion of that is probably shipping fees, a lot of the shipping that goes on globally, probably. Yeah, that's a good call because you're not selling the product. Right. right. So you're making money off of the sell of the product. And, right. and that is 22% of your business. So that has yeah. to represent an enormous amount of like cash transference. Yeah. And to me, the one that is always really fascinating is AWS. How familiar are you with AWS? Not. No. Oh, yeah, that's so their AWS is servers? Yep. It's their Amazon okay. Web Services. So, right. So, so AWS is a really fascinating thing because Amazon got so good at building their retail stuff. Right, the stuff right. that they do. Right, they right. were a bookstore. Yeah, and that's where they literally they were how they started. Yeah, yeah, they were a bookstore. So they got so good at building that that they got really good at engineering out how the servers and all this is. Sure. AWS was the original huge player in the cloud space. We hear people talk about the cloud space, and AWS is a really fascinating one to me because it is so different than anything else that that company is list, listing here. Right, so you got retail sales, which is online stores. Sure. Third-party seller services, that's still retail, right? That's yeah. still an e-commerce retail yep. site. Amazon Prime, that's still retail. Yeah. Right? AWS, that is web server hosting. Yeah. So it is a really interesting diversification that they made there, and it's now at 13.2% of their total revenue, which is $469.8 billion is total revenue. So you're talking about what? That's... $55 billion. Little, yeah, a little, little around there. Yeah, and in and, and AWS space, it's a really, that one to me has always been fascinating. I guess I, what also kind of surprises me, they have that region split in the top right. I, I, I get it. The United States is predominantly where most of the revenue comes from. But to see, not see more of Europe on there, honestly kind of surprises me. I figured more of Europe would be listed other than the UK and Germany, I suppose. Yeah. It, I mean, well, and nothing in Africa, South America, right? Like there's, yeah, you're talking about a number based on a few countries. That's crazy. How amazing is that? And then I'm, I'm kind of curious how they lump Twitch into that because Twitch is a service live service that they provide and they make, they have to make a lot of money from. So I'm wondering if that's lumped into their web services or in their subscription services. I would be curious curious. too, because I think that is what I was seeing. If you would maybe draw out of it. Yeah. Twitch as big as it is, is not listed. Yeah. That, that is, I am kind of curious to, I wonder if it's too bad. They don't let you click on this to break it down more. Cause I am kind of curious about that. You've got to yeah, figure that, that it's a good chunk, man. I'm actually going to write that down. I, you know, Twitch revenue. I, I want to know now. I'm curious. Yeah. Twitch and revenue. It, All right, we're going to look at what's next. Apple? Yeah, this next graph does not surprise me. That Apple is... I figured Apple would actually be more of a competitor with Amazon than they appear to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the regional breakdown also doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. You know, Apple's interesting here. I like Apple, right? And, and you know, <laughs> some people are like, oh, use Android, use Apple. I'm not talking about that. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about as a company, this company builds a thing that someone wants. And they either make their money or don't make their money because they succeeded in that thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? Like, there is no third-party seller services, right, in the Apple ecosystem. So, you know, total revenue, $365.8 billion. It's a little bit outdated number now. But you're talking about all those devices represent enormous gambles. And I think that's an interesting an interesting way to look at it because if you look at the iPhone, you look at the iPad, even the Mac to an extent, but definitely wearables, um, take the services out of it for a moment. You're talking about the level of gamble is we're going to make 6.9 million iPads. Yeah. Before we've sold one. Holy shit. And yeah. yeah, So you're talking about that's the type of company they have to run, right? Like they're taking a gamble that Amazon doesn't have to take, right? And some of these other companies just don't have to take. And, and they're a very respect. specific niche product as well on top of that, right? Yeah, they're not Samsung, right? Yeah. They're not making televisions. They're not making, yeah. you know, these some of the other, yeah, because you got Samsung lifted the primary competitors over um, on the left. Um, it, it's just a, Apple has always been one that I respect. I think Steve Jobs did a great job. Um, love or hate the guy, right? He did a great job with the revitalization. Um, I think Tim Cook, um, is doing a really fantastic job operationally because it is a industrial design company at the end of the day. You know, the, the things they build. Um, I'm also not surprised by their region split. It's almost 50-50 east and west. That's pretty yep. legit to me. Um, oh, I actually, I didn't really recognize that. They actually split the Americas. So all of, mm-hmm. so it literally is mm-hmm. west and east hemispheres. Yep. Fair enough. Very. It's interesting. If you scroll back up and just look at the revenue by region, scroll back up to Amazon, and you look at four hundred sixty-nine point eight billion. Yeah. Right? You look at their their revenue by region, right? It's it's very specific. And you scroll back down to Apple. Apple's making you know revenue st- revenue is yeah. less, but they're capitalized in their regions, right? Amazon yeah. is still not scratching the surface of these different regions. And you should look at the net income too, because the net income onto Apple is ninety five billion, whereas the net income into Amazon is only thirty three. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty significant. Even though they've got total revenue that's a hundred billion higher, they're not making as much money overall. Yeah, Apple's a Apple is a very interesting company, potentially one, potentially the greatest company in history uh, yeah. when you really break it down by economics. So let's look at Alphabet, which is Google um, for anyone who un- unfamiliar. This is this is where to me these are these next two I think uh, or the next three are really what I wanted to talk about. This is interesting to me, right? Google makes sixty nine percent naive sixty nine percent of their wow. revenue is advertising. So this goes back to what I was saying earlier about advertising, right? Like, yeah, that's a lot of money yeah. tied up in advertising. Is Google Google without advertising? The thing is, is they are, they started out as a a, a search engine by itself, right? But at yep. this point, Google is more of a an entertainment platform, right? Between YouTube, the YouTube Live, um, the music, Google Music, right? And you could even watch movies through YouTube as well, like actual, you know, movies. You can rent movies. Um, that doesn't yep. surprise me though, because it the amount of people you. now, when you consider, I mean, maybe I'm weird, but I spend more time surfing YouTube every day than I do any other media. 
surfing through so, videos or whatever the case may be. Um, so you just I like mean, go, you're going on YouTube, you're just cruising around and yeah. Like before I go to bed, I probably will be on. I have YouTube Prime or YouTube whatever the hell mm-hmm. it's called, uh, so I don't mm-hmm. get the ads. But like you know, case in point, there's people watching uh, the the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial right now, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So they may watch the recaps in the evening, and I only say that because a cer- certain short Portuguese lady does this in the evenings, um, <laughs> and she's always complaining about the ads. And that's my thing is if you got a one hour long video and every 20 minutes, 15 minutes, you're getting two, three ads. I mean, that's ad revenue hitting, hitting them, right? Every single time. If you're not paying for that premium service. So it right. does not right. surprise it me at all. Does not surprise you. So what's interesting here, the thing I was talking about earlier to you, which was the ad networks, right? So what's crazy to me about Google is that the ad, the big red are is actually yeah. ads on their their properties yeah the, the the lighter color is the network advertising network right so this is when you go um you go around to websites and they've got right. you know i want advertising on my blog so like yeah, yeah exactly um and so their total ad revenue is that's ridiculous <laughs> what is that 12.3 percent says at 71.3 percent right like 71.3 percent of google's revenue that's- yeah. comes from advertising. Well, that's significant. And I guess that does make sense because, you know, if you are if you're like me, like I can't stand Microsoft anything. I use Google Chrome, I Google Maps on my phone, Google like everything for me, Gmail, all of it's Google. That makes sense because you're getting all those mm-hmm. ads, you know. And beyond that, so I'm wondering in this advertising is this data sales too? Your data? I don't know how that's listed, but yeah, that's a good it, call. Because it wouldn't surprise pro- me if if it is. I will tell you, I think I mentioned I spent some time in the ad industry. What I will tell you is Facebook and Google differentiate themselves by saying I can target using that data. So um, uh, meaning I can sell my ads for more money right? because I can promise the advertiser that I am actually targeting people who are 35 and up and interested in import cars. Uh, that that kind of stuff makes me nervous because <laughs> it kind of it should it should. I mean, you. Well, but the thing is, you can't get nervous about it. You can, you can't because you're not going to stop it unless you live you in an, an area like the EU where they have heavy laws preventing it. Like here in the U.S., I mean, I hate to say it, you're screwed if it comes. If you think for one minute that you're able to get off the grid, well, I suggest you start building that bomb shelter and putting tinfoil on your head because. And you're not, you're not going to last one. Yeah. Yeah. Scroll down to Facebook here because you're bringing up a great point. We can can skip Microsoft, right? But you can get down to meta here, which you mean Facebook, meta or whatever, whatever Zuckerberg decides to call it tomorrow. But the the interesting thing here is something you just said, right? Because the, I've told you what I do in the industry I'm in. Yep. When, when Apple decides to say you can no longer spy on people through our device, Facebook loses their mind. Yep. Now you see why. Yeah. 97 and a half percent. That is amazing to me. In other words, in my opinion, right? I'm not a big Facebook fan, but in other words, they do literally nothing of value for their users. Yeah. That a user is willing to pay for. Yeah. 
Now, Facebook has made amazing amounts of connections. It lets people keep up with their families remotely. There's all, we all know this. Yes. Would you pay for it? That is what would I wanted I, to ask. Would I pay yeah, for like, would you the pay service? For Facebook? Yeah. The only way that I'd be okay with that is if you guaranteed me that I could completely shut off all the BS data grabbing. That'd be the only way that I'd pay for it. Okay, great, great. So, so, uh, so now it's just a negotiation, right? Okay, yeah. so, okay, cool. <laughs> so, so this one to me is the is the kind of most interesting one, right? And and this is one of the last things we're going to talk about. So, um, another five minutes or so on this, but this one to me is the one that I find fascinating because there's no business model. Yeah, there's literally not a business well, model here. Technically, there is a business model. It's just. Not when you created the company. Sure. That's what's sure. fascinating to me, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so they found out as, and everyone else, let me say, if, I'm going to say this kind of openly, Facebook figured this pattern out, right? I can get a bunch of people using it, and then I can advertise to them. Yeah. And all these other sites have followed suit. And so we've given up, in a lot of ways, a lot of, how many new models have there been on the internet to make money? Yeah in the past 10 years. Yeah. Right. So the ubiquity of this, like insane advertising spin, <laughs> my God, 97.5%. Why would you try anything different? And this is also, this also explains, I mean, if you're watching a lot of the reason why Mike Zuckerberg is fighting Congress case in point. Sure. To get it, keep it from getting controlled. Cause he knows that his business is literally on the line. It's not just—I yep. mean, you're, it's not just Facebook. I mean, you see down at the bottom there. Face—it's Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram. I mean, I can't remember whether Facebook owns TikTok or not. I don't. TikTok's a Chinese. No, TikTok's separate. I believe. It's Facebook Messenger, though. Yeah. So I mean, you. I mean, that's two point nine billion, two billion, one point five billion. That's a lot, right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I think this one's really interesting. Uh, scroll back up to Microsoft real quick, so just we can cover it, um, because I think Microsoft is a is 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 I would I would hold Microsoft and Apple up as the example of if I were to kind of write down what an ideal tech company should look. They're like, diversified. It would, it would diversified, right? It would yeah. be one of those two. And yeah. you look at Microsoft, and and it's really hard to find a flaw or yeah. a weakness. Let's say you were you were a competitor. Let's say you wanted to be a competitor to Microsoft. How do you attack this company? You can't. You can't. Yeah. Right? You, you can't. Now, you look at Facebook, that becomes really easy, right? It's yeah, ripe yeah. for some sort of disruption. Sure. But Microsoft, this one is fascinating. Um, how familiar are you with Microsoft Azure? Because I want to call this out. Azure, no. I don't. I, well, I, I mean, okay. I know what it is, but I don't, I don't know anything about it specifically. So Azure is the same thing in Microsoft land as AWS is for Amazon, right? Oh, okay. Look at the difference here. Yeah. Right. They went hard in the paint on AWS. Right. They went hard in the paint on that and it's become a huge part of their business. Yeah. So this to me is a really, you know, Microsoft is is love or hate them, a really fantastic example of if you were going to be smart about having your business, your huge tech company be insurmountable. Right. This is the one that I would I would say is doing a good job of it. As well as I would say. If I were going to invest in one of these five, that's the least volatile. I mean, you, you, you. So, how long has Facebook been around? How long has Facebook been a thing? 
it's been a thing a lot longer, but 2005 um, is so when they began. Seventeen years ish. Yeah, Microsoft's been around long, a lot longer than that. A lot longer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, yep. when you when you look at a company as solid, I mean, for all the crap we give Microsoft for all the Windows updates and issues that they create and and everything, <laughs> I mean, you're you're 100 correct. Like this is. You won't see people going to Congress and sitting in front of a, you know, a committee trying to explain their business model because this is pretty rock solid, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you take a slice of it of 9.1% in gaming. That's going to get bigger. Right. They're making acquisitions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've had a couple of big big studios get bought out by Microsoft recently, too. Yep. So this one to yeah. me was a really impressive one. Anyway, thank you for entertaining me. That was that was a subject I threw on there. No, I appreciate you talking through it with me. Crazy. Um, love your viewpoints and all this stuff. And the the advertising stuff, man, I think long arc as we're talking That's about just... stuff, you'll hear me gripe Crazy. about that because yeah. I, you built a company that's 97.5% advertising and now you're addicted to a model that isn't sustainable. Yeah. I mean... My kids aren't going to put up with that. I yeah, guess my question that scares me. The thing that scares me about this model, though, is you say that, but if it doesn't change, if legally it doesn't change, it's going to be there. You know what I mean? Well, I will say it this way kids move too quickly. Sure. Right? So if, if, you're, if you're, your walled garden is advertise in network right which is what this is um and the kids are like i'm going to tiktok yeah <laughs> because that's cooler than this yeah you're screwed yeah now tiktok has 97.5 percent of their revenue in advertising it's the exact and it's the exact same human beings and to just shift right? from and, company to company to company and just move from one to the next <laughs> one. Yeah. and i mean rita rita says it perfectly in chat she said uh any of the pages such as Facebook is free. You're the product. That's 100% what it is. The product. Yeah, that, you're the product. That, there's a reason why Facebook spends 97.5% on advertising because you are the product they're farming. 100%, yep. hands down. Yeah. You know, and some of the behaviors they've engaged in to, to that extent have been uh, beyond shady. We'll save it for another day. Yeah. But uh, some of the experimentation and behaviors they've engaged in because they're trying to figure out how they can control humans. and. Yeah. The advertising dictate the way they make money on advertising is impressions. How many ads did you see? Yeah. All right. How many ads can I show you at once? One or two. So to raise my income, what do I do? I find a way to make you see more. How do I do that? Make you stay on the site as long as possible yep. and do things on the site. So the behaviors you kind of end up engaging in are meant to be addictive, right? And yeah. there's a whole philosophical conversation to have. Is it tobacco 2.0? Potentially, right? Like there's all right. these things to be talking about. Um, and it may be at some point in the future, spoiler alert, maybe we'll get into that and dig into it. And maybe I can get you someone with the, uh, the qualifications to actually have an educated conversation on that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the name of the movie recently. This is, it, it, it personifies perfectly. Um, there's an end of the world movie that has Leonardo DiCaprio in it, Jennifer Lawrence. And I can't remember the name off the top of my head and can't find it. Uh, I just found it, actually. I just, of course... Don't look up. Have you seen that movie? Mm, I have not seen that yet. I have not. 
Um, let me go back to the speaker scene. You need to watch it. I know you for a fact. You're going to laugh a lot because of the things that we talked about tonight. Don't Uh look up. If you haven't watched it, it is satirical, but on a level of scary that I don't know uh, that people recognize. Because in there, they have a tech company that is... It's it's Facebook essentially. If you look at it, it's Facebook, um, where people are getting ads for things before they even like went to look for said thing. Yeah. And what it yeah. is is there's an algorithm that 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 for you know for foresees what you're going to want, so it actually shows you the advertisement for something you want before you even want it. Um, and essentially, yeah. that's what it what it is. And it's an end of the world movie, but it's hilarious because. It's like Idiocracy. You and I have talked about that movie, too. Uh, it, so it's a little on the nose. Yeah, Idiocracy isn't a comedy. It's a freaking, you know, <laughs> like foretelling the future. Yeah, it's a documentary. Right. Like, And, and this, this um, movie is exactly the same. If you haven't it seen it, it's on Netflix. It's Netflix? It's on yeah, I'll go, I might watch it. I may watch it tonight. Um, I, so I yeah, want to hear your thoughts. Even if it's late, if you watch it tonight, you and your okay. wife, right. I think, will laugh a lot. Like, it's... Okay, yeah, we'll definitely do that. Um, that movie wanna, actually legitimately kind of scared me a little bit because it, I mean, it's comedy at the end of the day, but it legitimately shows like the sheep, like the sheeple mentality yeah. that is out there. There's some so, good, Netflix has done a decent job with some good documentaries uh, yeah. in and around like the bad behaviors of social media, yeah. um, the Cambridge Analytica stuff, which, oh my gosh, if you've never watched yeah. them, these things yeah. are incredibly powerful. And, and at least in the case of Cambridge Analytica, you know, the, the the way they were using the algorithms and so what happens is these advertising algorithms these algorithms they're machine learning and what's yeah. interesting about machine learning um, you know you hear it people talk about artificial intelligence and all this stuff it, it's really let's break it down to something really simple for everyone to understand it's pattern recognition that is yeah. it 100%. and so what what the machines are doing is using a model to learn patterns and respond to them and that's it and so you've got a bunch of people out there whenever a company like Google right with YouTube or or Facebook with advertising they go to use or Twitter right they go to use an algorithm. There's human beings out there that are like, I want to figure out the algorithm and figure out how I can make money by not doing a lot of work through the algorithm. And they consistently figure it out. And so Facebook's and all these people, they're fighting against that all the time. And honestly, there's only so much you can fight because the algorithm is going to do what it's going to do. Yeah. Um, And it'll adjust on its own. And the problem that they've run into in the case of Facebook is they're scared of adjusting the algorithm. Right. Because it's so fragile now. Their business model is so fragile. Right. If they, <laughs> if they adjust it and it breaks, oh they all just gosh. go home. Yeah. 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 They become victims of this, this algorithm. Um, and I, and I, I want to answer actually John Perez's question or take a shot at it. But there's one I want to tell you about. There's a great story uh, coming out of Google. Uh, they were doing some of their labs stuff, which is one of the greatest things Google's ever brought to the earth, right? Which is where they, they have their employees. They spend 10% of their time doing whatever they want to do. Right. They make some amazing stuff. It's where we got yeah. things like, you know, Google chat, Gmail. We get these yeah, things from yeah. that. And uh, there's this story where, and I don't know if it's true, right? I, I cannot sign off. I was not there. I cannot sign that it was true, but it is, it is, it is in the mythos of the technical world where a bunch of engineers at Google were trying to make a better translation engine. Right. And what I mean okay. by translation is natural language translation, right? English to Japanese to whatever. Right. right? So uh, Spanish. 
And so one of the issues when you're doing these like big complex translations is you have to have a source language that everyone understands. So an example, if it were me and you, and we were going to say, we're going to offer a translation service, we would first translate everything to English. Right. Right. Then we would translate out. So there's going to be something lost in that translation. Sure. And so Google sat down and said, hey, what if we taught AI to figure out how to best handle this? Right. Because it sounds like a oh, really Lord. good candidate, right, for figuring this out. And they, they started this thing up and they were like, wow, look at it go. You know, it's, it's taking everything and it's taking, oh my gosh, I've got this, this in Korean. You know, I'm going to change Mandarin, right? And I want to, I'm going to translate it to English and Mandarin. Well, what happened was the machines figured out that that was inefficient, right? Because that's a, that's a human <laughs> thing, right? So the machines were like, you know, this is stupid, man. Um, this is a very inefficient thing. We're converting to English first and then English is just a, a weird language and then things get lost. It's inaccurate. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's slow, right? This is not the best way to do it. The machines, right? The machine learning said, I'm going to invent my own language, which is incredibly efficient. Here's the problem. No one knew at that point what the machines were saying to each other. Yeah. And so the algorithm had now said, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to have the language I'm going to have. And of course, the Google engineers did the, you know, the whole, the only way to solve that problem is to unplug the damn thing, right? So they were like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but thank you for entertaining me on the on the, yeah, the no. five companies. Uh, John's question is, which of the five are the most fragile with respect to competition in terms of their structure? And I would tell you it's Facebook and Google. And, yeah. and you don't like to hear that. You like to think Google and Facebook are these juggernauts that can't be disrupted. They are literally, the only way of they avoid disruption is by buying competition. Yeah. Right, that is now their business model. There's a reason Facebook owns Instagram. Right. There's a reason that they yeah. own these things, because those were the companies that were going to disrupt them. So if you have a model where you look at your revenue and it's one bar all the way around, you don't have a solid. That's scary. Model. You don't you do not put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, that's business one on one. Right. Like you don't do that. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the reasons why I, I don't remember if it's WhatsApp. I think it was WhatsApp was coming up as a huge competitor to Facebook because WhatsApp has their own version of facebook but it's only in south america and i think china and i might be able to be corrected on that but i i'm pretty positive facebook bought that out to get rid of mm -hmm. it because they were scared of that competition so well there's an entire behavior occurring industry-wide right now in the technology industry where instead of innovating you buy competition and kill and what is happening there is these companies have gotten so big yeah. That they can acquire any company. Jesus. And so they go in and they acquire a company. And instead of creating new product, they kill it. And so some of your favorite things will get killed because they were a better yeah. product. Yeah. And so there is, there, there is at some point, uh, I don't, you know, wherever you fall on the political spectrum, there is some point where there is monopolistic behavior occurring right. uh, in some of these realms, right? And monopolistic behavior is just not healthy for any society. Right. So. Um, how we figure that out, I don't know, but it is a really interesting thing to find that these companies got so big that they are anti-competitive, right? That is by definition anti-competitive. I, I buy you, kill yeah. you. Yeah, right? um, So yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting space, and Scary. I appreciate I appreciate you bearing with me and having the conversation. <laughs> that, that's my geek spot, as you might have been able to tell. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I here we are. So you and I said two hours max, an hour to an hour and a half was what we were looking at. We are at actually un, uh almost two hours so i think we're doing good i think we're just yep. fine um as as uh pilot shows go i think we did okay 
I, I believe everything is going to be okay. Um, one of the things that I wanted to make sure I mentioned before the before we sign off, though, is that if you're watching, whether that's the VOD or you guys are watching live, please in chat put constructive feedback. Would love to see it. Love to hear it. Um, I know Seven wrote down some notes along the way. I've written a couple down for things to improve or look at um, in the future. One of the things I do have to... F- you have to forgive us for the quality of the video is only at 720p. I did notice there's a little bit of quality loss there. That's because he and I are our babies when it comes to YouTube. So <laughs> we're we're not part of the cool kid crowd yet. We're not um, cool enough yet. Yeah, but I I have been recording this, so I'm hopeful that we'll be able to um, clean it up, strip the audio, probably put it up to to Google or or. All the all the outlets that we said were scary, maybe. Uh, <laughs> get some advertising running. Get some advertising it, uh... there. You know, you never know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people think. Hopefully, we'll get some constructive feedback, and uh, we'll see how it goes. What do you think? How do you how do you think so far? Or what do you think so far? I should say. Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great way to spend a Friday evening. Uh, always chatting with you. Uh, always yeah. enjoy having a conversation with you. Uh, I do feel like you know it was a really cool time to sit down and I learned more about you, right? Like, I think that was some of my favorite stuff is finding out some of the stories you had about your gear behind you is like really cool, man. So it's a, uh, appreciate you sharing all that. Um, also I thought the subjects were fun. You know, I, um, yeah. I thought that there was some good conversation there. I would like to keep doing some of the things where you, you geek out about something, ask what I think about it. I geek out about something and ask what you think about it. Because the diversity of viewpoint is what makes us better humans, right? Totally. So I'm really curious um, about some of those things. Um, loved your feedback on Elon, right? I think that's going to be fun to watch. And I plan on you. We could probably keep this on every, oh, every totally. time. Yeah, Looks yeah. Looks like this one's going to keep going, right? It's um, going to be going for yeah, a while. Man, I, had, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Uh, I had yeah. a whole lot of fun. And, and I hope to do it again soon. Same. Definitely appreciate the back and forth. I, I mean, that's one of the driving reasons why you and I decided to do this was like you said, the conversations we have are freaking awesome. So um, I'm just excited to see where this could go. And eventually, hopefully, we can get some more people on the, on the be online with us in a call and see what kind of shenanigans we can get into. I imagine there's some out there. So um, as for frequency, guys, I Seven and I talked about it. Probably do maybe one every other week. We may talk and change things as they may be. If that's the case, it wouldn't be next Friday, but the following Friday. Next Friday, we're going to be in Baton Rouge at the USS Kid Veterans Museum anyway. Um, would love come to see, see you all there. Definitely come see us. Come meet us. Uh, would love to chat and enjoy a beautiful town. Baton Rouge is gorgeous. I loved it there when I went there last actually two years ago now good lord um but yeah so hopefully in two weeks we'll see you guys again back on this channel hopefully this takes off i would love to see it go places and who knows maybe we'll be the next doctor disrespect i don't know probably i i've seen your hair (laughs) i I need to get the i need to get the mustache (laughs) yeah yeah we're both wearing hats and what i will say is if there is going to be a mullet it will be yours it is 100 percent gonna be mine yeah yeah. i mean if you're signing up for it you know it's gonna be a party in the back man you know (laughs) (laughs) with that i think we'll call it a night as we're getting a little bit out there (laughs) love the hell to you guys 
mullets were the limit really that that's it that's the that i draw the line that's that's yeah. I, that's it that's draw all the I line got. at mullet okay that, <laughs> i have to write that down we draw the line at mullet i think at that's mullet. That's, actually, that's how we need to end every yeah. single uh stream you know how it used to be like don't forget to spay or new your pets this is you know grow your mullet and yeah, that's man, it we, <laughs> we draw the line at mullet ladies and gentlemen <laughs> anyways guys hopefully we'll see you in two weeks take care of each other and enjoy your weekends